0: Steve Jobs once said, we're here to put a dent in the universe. Well, FinTech has certainly put a dent in the financial services industry over the past few years. This podcast series focuses on the story of those individuals who took Jobs' advice, the dent makers, if you will. This is the FinTech 5. So, John, I'll tell you one of the things I actually love about Operation Hope is that the solution, um, at its core, it's really people-driven, not technology-driven, which is incredibly rare
1: <laughs> in this day and age. What
0: convinced you to start there?
1: Because the people are the original technology. We're not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. And we're not human doings, or human beings. And so uh, it's the energy, all the economy is, as you know, is a collection of Economic energy and economic energy is is people and it's 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 in these little pods of GDP, and uh, and so I think that the internet's fantastic, but it is only made possible because of the magic of people. I mean, the internet is really the modern television set of the 1950s or the Morse code of that day, and uh, it's as good or as evil or as irrelevant as people make it.
0: And we can stop the podcast right there. That was an excellent <laughs> answer. <actual dancer. laughs> So let's let's talk about Operation Hope. Uh, Can you describe it? And let's let's do that from a consumer standpoint. How does this actually work?
1: We're the private banker for the working poor, the struggling class, the teetering middle class, folks with too much month at the end of their money. We're the Starbucks of financial inclusion. Um, We're the person that is there for you when there's nobody that appears in this country to be there for you. Uh, Increasingly, you've got bills. You've got companies coming at you. You had decisions to make, and you don't have anybody to talk to. And the private banker that you and I go to, we don't even go to. We use our cell phone to do 90% of our banking, but yet we have a private banker assigned to us. The person who needs a private banker today is a two-parent middle-class household uh, that's working, you know, uh, 10 hours a day, commuting three hours a day, uh, and is stressed out, overwhelmed, and and is living from paycheck to paycheck, they would have to sell their car to raise $3,000. dollars we got to make that person's life better, and because 70% of all Americans, or 70% of American GDP, is driven by consumer spending. So the magic of America is that middle class, stabilizing it, growing it, expanding it, strengthening it.
0: So if I'm a, a consumer and I walk into a bank, how do I get engaged with Operation Hope?
1: Uh, so when you look at Hope Inside, it's like um, going into Target and seeing Starbucks on the right. Yeah. So you walk into a bank branch, you see Hope Inside on the right. Uh, typically, you've gone through an application. The bank can't tell you that you won't be, den- won't be approved. They see your credit score, but by law or regulatory restrictions or fear of being sued, they're not going to tell you, uh, Sam, John, your 580 credit score ain't going to fly. So they let you through the whole process and then they tell you, I'm sorry, you've been declined. Now your self-esteem that was already low takes an even higher or lower dump. Uh, And then they tell you words making insult to injury. Now I can't tell you why you've been declined, but go to the three credit bureaus and figure it out for yourself. So we uh, uh, get introduced to you at the end of that process. And we say, can we pull your credit report? Sure. We pull your credit. This actually happened at a SunTrust branch in Memphis, Tennessee. We pull Mrs. Jones' credit report in this example. She was applying for a $140,000 mortgage to become a homeowner in Memphis. She was declined. We pull her credit report. We say, is that yours? No, that's not mine. I don't know what that is. Fantastic. The law states, silver rights knowledge now, the law states, if the credit bureaus cannot confirm it, they must remove it within 30 days. Most people don't know that. We challenge it for her. Send a note to the credit bureaus. They confirm. They cannot confirm. It comes off. Her credit score pops forty points. So now she's at six twenty. Her confidence goes up. The lights come on. The well being goes up. Her, her her shoulders come back. Her her chin comes up. She says, "What's next?" Now she's smiling. Empowerment. We then say, "Is this yours?" Oh, gee, mm, yeah. I got a divorce five eight years ago. That was a phone bill didn't pay for four months. $1,000 charged off by SBC. We say, "Don't worry." SBC bought by Pack Bell. Pack Bell bought by AT and T. That's a, a $1,000 debt now bought by Sam's Finance Company. They bought it for five cents on the dollar. You owe them fifty bucks. They're gonna want hundred. Can I call them? Yes. You have to call with me. Okay. Great. Empowerment. We call together. Sam's Finance Company. Joe's Finance Company. I won't blame it on you, Sam. Uh, uh, I have I have Miss Jones here. She pay it off. Great. We've been looking for her. Well, we come to you. We want a hundred bucks. Okay. How about two hundred bucks? Excuse me. Why would you pay me double? What I'm asking. Because if I pay you double, you're going to give me your cell phone number, your direct phone number. You're going to give me your email address. You're going to write a letter to the credit bureau saying that she is. Paid in full. And when they mysteriously lose that letter, you're going to write another letter two months from now when it, when this crap reappears in her credit report. You're going to vouch for her. Why? Because you're going to make a 200% profit. I'm going to make you look like a hero to your boss. And she's going to get an 80% discount. She's a hero for her children. Fair enough? Sure. Her exchange is no robbery. Her credit score goes up another 30 points. So now she's at 650. We then work with her Arm to arm combat. Why are, are you they? going to Starbucks three days a week? That's that plus smoking cigarettes twice, two packs a day. By the way, the pack of the cigarettes says this crap will kill you. You shouldn't be doing that anyway. You should be buying Folgers at that income level of $36,000, not buying Starbucks three times a week. That'll save you $6,000 a year. That's 20% of your income. There's two ways to make money, Sam make more or spend less. So now our credit score is 675. We walk back across the hall to the bank manager. They approve her. $140,000 mortgage, 4% interest, prime rate. She's now a homeowner in Memphis. The Memphis gets a city, gets a taxpayer. The state gets a stakeholder. The family gets a role model. The lawn gets, gets cut now because no one washes a rental car, but everybody takes care of their own assets. And now you, you have more GDP because now she's going to Home Depot. And now she's h- h- hiring a landscaper. <clears throat> Those are jobs. You do that city by city.
0: You know, what strikes me in that story is you hit on an element that is missing quite a bit in financial services and businesses and politics. You take your pick. It's trust. Trust at a personal level that you just built yeah.
1: up. No, we're just getting back to community banking is re- really where I think you're going with your next comment. I mean, we're, we're getting back to the to what this country used to be like. I mean, banking should be a moral calling. It should be a profession with. That I mean, it used to be people wanted to be a banker, the mayor in their town. I mean, that was – if you were the banker, you were the man or the woman. You were a person of high caliber and you were highly respected. And uh, and we need to get back to this being a higher calling, something more than about money. And we need to help get the banks out of the no business, Sam, and into the yes business again. So we're bridging them back to yes because nothing changes your life more than God or love, than moving your credit score 120 points. So,
0: John, you're a very savvy user of social media, and you've been promoting this hashtag, and I think you've already mentioned it once, silver rights, like silver and gold, silver rights, which is an incredibly great wordsmithing right there. What's that stand for?
1: Well, the high-minded person in me would say, uh, it's about moving from a movement of civil rights in the streets in the 20th century, whether you were Dr. King in the southern states, whether you were Gandhi in India, whether you were Nelson Mandela in South Africa or my friend Desmond Tutu, whether you were uh, uh, Michael Collins in Ireland, you were dealing with the same issue. It was civil rights. Uh, today, in the 21st century, I think the issue is, is not raising the color line so much, but class and poverty. And so civil rights was in the streets, but silver rights will be in the suites. Civil rights was about race on the color line, but silver rights will be about class and poverty. Or put another way, whether you're white, black, red, brown, or yellow, you want to see some more green. (laughs) And uh, I just think that it's a movement for a new time. And if you deal with class, you get race for free.
0: If you can't tell, John is uh, one heck of an author, too, and speaker, and kind of take your pick. But we're down to the last minute or so. This is going to be rapid fire. So just off the top of your head, John, all right? Yep. What are one or two books you recommend any entrepreneur read?
1: Um, The Tipping Point, Oh yeah. Malcolm Gladwell, says that if 5% of all role models and community stabilizes, The the Coming Jobs War, Jim Clifton, which is one of the top 10 books I've ever read uh, in my life. The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, which basically says you got one foot in yesterday and one foot in tomorrow, which means you're not present in your life, which is why you're going crazy and you can't get anything done. There's no room for you to be you. Um, The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success by Deepak Chopra. Um, And uh, I think, of course, I'd be a fool not to say they should read Love, Leadership, and How the Poor to Save Capitalism, which this underwhelming guy, John Bryant, wrote.
0: (laughs) And uh, all of those just made my reading list. All right. Here's the toughest question I'm going to ask you: What classic car would you pick for a road trip on the Pacific Coast Highway? And I'm paying.
1: Classic car. Yeah, gotta uh, go classic. I'm a, a Ford a, a 2017 Ford Shelby GT350R, um, which is really a street legal race car, but it also is extremely comfortable. I just got chassis 75 to track drive, but it is very, very comfortable uh, and would bake and would carve up canyon roads and. Uh, coastal roads beautifully while at the same time keeping you safe and the recaro seats would keep you comfortable and it would hark back to the days of our mom and dad driving that uh, that Shelby Mustang of 1965 so it's got a little bit of nostalgia and modern technology uh, together and comfort.
0: Okay so Ford can write that check to John Hope Bryant with the Y. (laughs) (laughs) John where can we learn more about what you do?
1: You uh, go to OperationHope.org. That's the movement of silver rights. You can go to JohnHopeBryant.com. That's me running my mouth. Um, and uh, soon, by the way, Henry Ford III are partnering on together on a Motorsports Academy, Bryant Group Motorsports Academy, to get young people in inner cities and rural areas interested in STEM education, fintech, financial literacy, etc., through the magic of motorsports and auto racing. Because all um, a racetrack is is a Fancy, exciting physics lessons and a math class. So that's coming too.
0: Hi, John. I'm originally from Detroit. Know the Ford family, not personally, but you know anyone from Detroit is well sure. aware of them and the work they do. You just made my day with that answer. I love that. Thanks for taking the time, John. Really appreciate it.
1: Uh, you're a cool guy, Sam. My honor to do.